0: Developed, created, and owned by James Pro Artistry Productions. A commentary revisited with journalism. Hi everyone, welcome to the Perceptive Readers, this is James Lynch. In this episode of the Perceptive Readers, we're going to cover a report that I made in 2020 that dealt with the Tuskegee Medical experiments. Now in there, I talked about things in a way of just reporting some factual information from the CDC website. And I took it more from the route of positions of trust and ethical decisions. I made sure that I covered uh, in detail their official statement on what happened back then as the experiment started in 1932. I did not go uh, into depth as far as what the so-called Rumors were as far as uh, myself growing up and hearing certain things about what was going on, uh, because I, I still just wanted to state the, the facts that the CDC made from even that panel of nine, uh, that they had that when they first set up these experiments, you see, uh, they had everything from the uh, professional and, and business and economy sides of things, even to the spiritual side, as far as persons who could put in recommendations on what could or should not be done, even in an ethical way. Well, I even made a video about it. Uh, but I did reference, you know, I alluded to that there were other statements that came from people contemporary or living during that time that would really tell you, no, it was more to it than that. It was more serious than that. But I did not go into the detail. All I said was basically was just imagine going into a place uh, expecting to get the help that you need. You go in there really practically healthy and yet you come out with something that you didn't bargain for, uh, something you wouldn't have never expected, you see. And so I once again alluded to the information. It is uh, important for me to share this with you now because I told you I did it more in a commentary mode and on the ethics side of things. And yet uh, recently in August of 2020, uh, there is a report that actually did come out. And I read it and I see this goes to show you the value of the Internet again, that I'm very thankful uh, for uh, the person who actually shared the link on her uh, social media page, which allowed us to see exactly what this report was. And I went and I read the report and just uh, once again, comparing it with some of the things that I had knew about that time period. You see, I even learned in detailed names. See, you know, sometimes it's a it's a difference between talking about things around a dinner table or, uh, you know, actually fishing on a lake or something with somebody about certain things that were going on, etc. It's another thing now to actually receive the uh, thorough reports that someone had made that filled in even gaps that you may not have known. So this certainly goes to show the importance of history, documented and factual history on matters. All right. So what are we going to do in this perceptive readers? I'm going to read you, uh, this report. Uh I want to once again reference that you can take my ethical side of things as well, uh, or take of it at the parkbooks.com website and even watch the video uh again that I, I made on it because I go into Booker T Washington, you know, the founder of Tuskegee that uh university, that he would actually how he would felt about what was being done to these persons that, you know, he was already, you know, dead by this time, but how he would have felt about the community, these experiments that would have, you know, that were being done on them and whether or not he even would have uh, uh, allowed it to go on, you see, or not. How did he really feel? What was his motive? And I told you i go really into that in that video as well. So I just wanted to share that with you. So uh, the next point that I want you to know that this is going to be useful because you're going to hear it again when I reference in part three or four. Of the series where I told you, you're going to hear some, you know, a story or so about the lion, the leader and sage. And so uh, you can look on the website to see what the first part is on that series that I'm talking about. OK, so now. What is the name of this report that was by Beth Coleman? That's Beth Coleman. And this is coming from the mentalfloss.com. And she wrote this, uh, fine journalism report on August 10th, 2020. This is when it was republished and it was called Bad Blood, the hidden horror of the Tuskegee syphilis study. See now. Let us go ahead and begin so you can see I've already stated that this information is accurate. And if that statement basically is coming off based on what I've already you know researched on the CDC. And as I stated with you before, some of the things that persons who lived around that time period, relatives and things of that nature, the things that they were actually stating as well from word of mouth. And so it's just interesting because, uh, you know, sometimes when you make a commentary like uh, what I even did, you know, in that video, uh, what was your first reaction to it? Was it one of belief? Was it one of disbelief? Okay. If you believed it, was it because it just had the ring of truth? And was the reason why you disbelieved it because you just couldn't believe something like this would go on? Or even because you just didn't really, uh, put too much weight in the source that was saying it. All, all the same. Uh, something that, uh, I learned even from the good book, uh, and it's in Matthew chapter 13, where, you know, Jesus would tell illustrations at times. And some of those illustrations he would give, uh, they would be not only a, a, a figure of speech or or um, uh, hypothetically speaking or whatever, or really is something more uh, powerful than that. It's like hyperbole. Is that he would do that so that the people who were ready to hear more and had a sincere interest. They would take another step further to even ask and find out more, while ones who didn't really want to know more or what have you, they would just go about their business or, again, even um, uh, ridicule it, as you can see from reading the good book. But all the same, they could always really get the facts if they wanted to get the facts from Jesus. Likewise, the same thing with some of the references at times that we make in commentary. Uh, If you want to know more, you can always ask more. Even with the parkbooks.com website, there's a coffee lounge section where I leave the comments open on purpose where anybody can ask any statement about any question or video or something that may be posted on the site. And I would answer it there in the coffee lounge section so that everybody can see the answer as well. Unless it's something that's real, real, real serious, then we could correspond or something like that offline. All right. Uh, either way, you can just go down and say, hey, can um, I write you, let me let you know that an email is coming for this or that reason, and then we can continue the correspondence offline, if not even moving more to a secure uh, type of uh, conversation or what have you, even uh, through the phone if it's necessary. But I normally like for things to start off uh, in this day and age with some type of written a document or whatever that I can, you know, reference back to and make sure, you know, we can use it as a verification process or what have you. OK, well, I'm getting ready to take me a sip of coffee, coffee, and uh, because it's, it's very, very, very early in the morning and then we will read the bad blood, the hidden horror of the Tuskegee syphilis study by Beth Coleman. And it was uh, posted published on August 10th 2020 all right okay in September of 1932 the public health service officials visited Tuskegee Alabama where they recruited 600 black men to receive treatment for bad blood. The men didn't realize they had become unwitting participants in one of the most controversial medical experiments in recent times. Of the study's participants, 399 of the men were suffering from the advanced stages of syphilis, which at that time was incurable while the other 201 served as controls. Under the guise of offering medical treatment, the Public Health Service set out to study the effects of untreated syphilis in black men. Doctors enticed the poor, mostly illiterate Macon County residents to take part in return for free medical examinations, rides to the clinic, and hot meals on examination days. For the participants, many of whom had never even visited a doctor, the offer seemed too good to refuse. Next heading. A Secretive Study Deception was integral to the Tuskegee Syphilis Study the men did not know they were actually participating in an experiment and were kept in the dark about the true nature of their diagnosis. They were also unaware they weren't receiving treatment at all. The drugs they were administered were either inadequate or completely ineffective. At one point they were even given diagnostic spinal taps a painful and often complex procedure the doctors referred to as a special treatment. Though the study was originally meant to last for six months, the public health service decided to continue it when the participating doctors deemed that only autopsies could determine the damage the disease caused. In other words, the doctors would keep tabs on the men until they died. To ensure nothing would interfere with the experiment, doctors in Macon County were given a list of the subjects and instructed to refer them to the Public Health Service if they sought medical treatment. The Public Health Service even hired Eunice Rivers, a black nurse, to maintain contact with the men and ensure their continued participation. All the while, The experiments subjects were left to degenerate when untreated. Syphilis can cause bone deformations, heart disease, blindness, and deafness. A medical breakthrough came in 1947 when penicillin became the standard treatment for syphilis. Despite this, the doctors involved in the Tuskegee study opted not to treat the men so they could continue to monitor the disease's natural progression. As historian Dr. Crystal Sanders tells mental floss in an email, by withholding treatment, doctors subjected these men, their spouses, and their offspring to serious health problems and death. The End of the Experiment The study was not without its critics. When public health service official Peter Buxton learned about the experiment in 1966, he expressed grave moral concerns to the Centers for Disease Control. After numerous organizations, doctors, and scientists still oppose ending the study, Buxton took matters into his own hands and leaked information about the experiment to Associated Press journalist Gene Heller. On July 26, 1972, the New York Times ran a front-page story exposing the study. Public outrage immediately ensued, but by then the damage was done. At least seven of the men had died from syphilis while more than 150 had died from heart failure, a condition commonly linked to the infection. 40 spouses had also contracted syphilis, and 19 children were born with the condition. Some of the infected women, who believed the study was legitimate medical care, were turned away when they attempted to enroll. Once the study became public knowledge, The Department of Health, Education, and Welfare promptly ruled that the 40-year-long experiment came to an immediate end, yet despite the national outcry, none of the medical professionals involved in the study were prosecuted. They maintained they had done nothing wrong, Sanders explains. Some even went so far as to assert that the black male subjects would never have been treated anyway given their financial circumstances, so their study did not harm them. With the experiment finally over, the government appointed Dr. Vernell G. Cave to lead a team of black doctors to investigate. Or it could be Dr. Vernal, G.K., to lead a team of black doctors to investigate. He found that while the experiment was being carried out, at least 16 articles about it had been published in various medical journals. So why had it taken so long to bring the study to an end? The subjects were black and poor and did not want much attention from the powers that be, Sanders said. Additionally, very few people with the political and social capital to ask questions would have been suspicious of a study underwritten by the federal government and carried out by medical practitioners who had the respect of the local white society. A public reckoning, another heading here. In 1973, the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, or the NAACP, Filed a class action lawsuit on behalf of the study's participants and their families. And the following year, a 10 million out of court settlement was reached. The U.S. government also agreed to provide free medical treatment to the study's surviving participants, as well as their family members who became infected during the experiment. The study of the Tuskegee syphilis The story of the Tuskegee syphilis study was brought to the screen 14 years later in the made-for-TV movie Miss Ever's Boys. When the study's participants saw the film, they were disappointed by its portrayal of the series of events. It suggested the men had received treatment for the condition and shifted the blame from the federal government to a fictitious black doctor, and a black nurse. As a response to the film, the participants enlisted the help of attorney Fred Gray to make sure the nation understood the truth behind the study. In March 1997, Gray wrote a letter to President Bill Clinton requesting the victims receive a formal apology. Two months later, And more than 50 years after the experiment began, Clinton delivered his apology in a speech at the White House. By that time, only eight of the men were still alive. The United States government did something that was wrong. Deeply, profoundly, morally wrong, Clinton said. What was done cannot be undone, but we can end the silence we can stop turning our heads away. We can look at you in the eye and finally say on behalf of the American people, what the United States government did was shameful. And I am sorry. Though the last survivor of the study died in 2004, the experiment has had a lasting effect on the uh, African-American community. A study, a 2016 study found that after the Tuskegee study was exposed, the life expectancy of black men decreased by 1.5 years with a marked decrease in patient-physician interactions. There is a long history of poor black people seeking preventive care and getting anything but that, Sanders says. I wholeheartedly believe that there is a connection between present-day African-American distrust of the medical field and the Tuskegee syphilis experiment. That's the end of the report by Beth Coleman. And in closing, I just want to share one more statement to you, perceptive readers, or two of these. The first thing is to state right away, this is just history right here that you use it to learn from, and yes, it will make your blood boil on rise at times. But two wrongs does not make a right, so there is a civilized way, as always, of talking about things, and also um. Uh, relating, you see, this information to the one so other person can learn, especially if they go into different uh, fields that are designated position of trust fields so that then as they carry out their occupations and learn from these things, they certainly would, you know, not fall into this same deep, unethical and, you know, immoral trap that these persons who have set up this experiment uh, early starting in 1932 did, okay? And the other thing that I want to share with you too is always where I say, listen to your body. Uh, my father used to say, and I know it was based off of uh, some of the things that were said here, but he used to say, make sure you know yourself, always do the best you can, yes, yes. Uh, but make sure you know yourself and you know your body and you do your best. I want to keep emphasizing that. But make sure that you are not following man to such a degree that because man, you know, that's just the way he would say, will have you. you you're trying to please a person or a man. And this person, I have you walking around here dead. <laughs> See, do you understand that now? You've heard me use those expressions over the years of what he used to say. See, this Tuskegee syphilis experiment is an example of somebody or people, as you can see, who did end up dying from putting a full trust into uh, what somebody else was saying. Remember, it was referencing in this re- report as well as some women who wanted to sign up, you know, see, to get that cure of penicillin. And what what did it say in this experiment? That they were actually turned away, you see. See, this help was purposely kept away from them. So anyway, I just want to emphasize to you on in any type of uh, medical situation or whatever, or physician or uh, doctor care, uh, that you have the right to get a second opinion. You see, all matters. Uh, you have the, the the right, once again, to uh, select the treatment for your body, whether you want certain types of treatment or not. Um, that is very important to know. So, with that being said, I hope you uh, uh, will look more into detail. Remember, this report was... Um, by Beth Coleman on the um, mentalfloss.com website and uh, thank you for being here as always and we will continue on as I said again I will reference this one more time uh, in the uh, Lion, uh, the Leader and the Sage episodes of story that I told you will be in four parts this is James Lynch Thank you for sharing all this on uh, Spotify, Pandora, um, iHeart, all of these uh, outlets. And thank you for being here as always. You have a nice day.